Welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we have somebody who is uh, very, 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 very smart, raising the level of intellect on the show. But Heidi Presbella, did I get that right? I know we just practiced it. Yeah, uh, you, you got the smart part right. No, <laughs> <laughs> you got the name part right. I don't know about the smart part, but yes. Okay, okay, all right. Well, as long I want to get the name part right, and I'm certain I got the smart part right as well. But thank you so much for joining us. How you How you been doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I just. Uh, you know, watching watching uh, another month of unprecedented here. Yeah, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, "When are we going to get back to precedented times?" I just want normal precedented stuff. I don't think we're going to be there for a while. Buckle up. And buckle up. So we start each one of our shows the same way. We ask our guests to walk us through the arc of their careers. Um, and you've been a part of the country's top newsrooms. Can you talk about how you got into political reporting, your various stops since finishing up at Michigan State and the beach you have now? Oh, that's great. I love starting that way. I I uh, I, I did it, you know, the traditional way. I, uh, no, actually, I cold called my way into Washington. I knew no one. Um, you know, I graduated my... Uh, with no contacts here, uh, with a degree in international relations in German from Michigan State, um, and just decided I, I did not want to be in business. I was recruited to go to Arthur Anderson and you know be kind of a executive, uh, you know, one of female, a, a rare female in their accounting department. But I said no thanks. So anyway, I came here. I worked for a German journalist. I um, I basically cold called my way in. Said I speak German. Let me work for you. And uh, took several jobs after that as a researcher, um, you know, eventually just it's a combination of uh, taking your opportunity when it presents. And uh, there was an opening at the White House uh, for Bloomberg News when Helen Thomas was um, leaving UPI, which was like the third news organization that was in the so-called travel pool. And um, yeah, I was a witness to history on 9-11, among other uh, major developments during the five years I was there. And then I went on to do political reporting, polling, um, Congress, and uh, pretty much every campaign since Gore in 2000. Uh, Gore. I remember those. That's kind of where we started this unprecedented shit that we've been doing. You know what? I always draw back to that. I really do. Um, there's so, so like, many- I, you, you, you can challenge me on this. So I actually think, and this, this is a natural segue into uh, Supreme Court reporting and something we want to talk about. But I actually think the three most consequential moments we've had in recent American political history, and I actually don't include Gore in that, Kind of, sort of, but not really. But I think the the replacement of Thurgood Marshall with Clarence Thomas, I think the um, replacement of uh, or pulling back of Harriet Myers and replacing her with Justice Alito. Um, and I think the failure, I don't want to say failure, people get on me all the time, but the reluctant failure of RBG to retire when Barack Obama was president. I think those three incidents are probably some of the most consequential uh, of our of our recent American history. Your thoughts on that analysis? That all brings you back to the same institution. Um, and on my my recent reporting, I can't really quibble with you on the importance of the Supreme Court. I would throw um, the filibustering of Garland's mm. uh, nomination into that mix. Um, no, no small um, change there. But yeah, if you really take it back to um, the Citizens United decision as well in 2010, um, we kind of uh, the, saw the court 
becoming the um, very incarnation of what it had just ruled on now, 10 years later, here we are. And um, all of that dark money that really essentially poured uninhibited into our political system is now responsible for help creating the court itself um, with uh, this ultra conservative majority that um, according to the statistics, actually, I'm not just saying this, some people just say we have an ultra religious conservative court. You can prove that statistically by looking at rulings of this court, which are out of line and in favor of religious complainants, um, unlike any recent court. And I'm talking about modern history, of course, here. One of the reasons we reached out to you about coming on the show is because of your excellent reporting on Leonard Leo, which is a hell of a name uh, to be the main actor or main star in anything and how his money influences federal courts. Can you talk about who Leonard Leo is and how long you've been researching and reporting on him? Yeah, I really started researching and reporting on him right after Roe was overturned. And I thought, you know, we need to change the way that we approach reporting on this branch of government and make it more like the accountability reporting that we do on Congress, on the executive branch. Um, and I started digging in I, so much of it, so much of the campaigning, the briefs, the legal infrastructure brought me back to one man, which was just unbelievable. Um, and the more I peeled back, um, the more I saw that this isn't just looking back at how we got the court, but it's looking forward as well. Uh, Leonard Leo has been really close, for instance, with Ron DeSantis um, in, in um, changing the court in Florida and advising him, I believe, on a lot of these policies as well that we're seeing on the forefront of the culture wars, which we're now going into. So it's it's both looking back at how this court was created and looking forward at kind of what are going to be the cultural fault lines in this country that are already tearing us apart. And, and a lot of it goes back to the money that this individual um, pumped into creating the Supreme Court um, and then filing briefs before the court that he helped create um, for favorable rulings on issues, starting with Roe. Roe, if you look back at Leonard Leo's history, he's ultra um, conservative Catholic, um, a member of the Knights of Malta. It's a order of the Catholic church. You know, they're very, very conservative, very um, anti-abortion, anti-gay um, marriage, um, even anti-contraception, which by the way, is the next thing that people really should um, not say, oh, that won't happen. Um, and, and put that a little bit on your radar um, because that is, that is uh, something. Are we getting rid of, are we going to get rid of Viagra and Cialis too though? Uh, that would only be fair, right? But um, <laughs> I did not see that on their agenda. I did not. They didn't. That's that not on their, I actually think, and I, I've, I can't recall the United States Senator who, who actually stressed this in a moment of clarity and honesty that he, he stated in order to not be hypocritical, we have to look at loving as well and interracial marriage and leaving those, to, leaving that to the states. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean was, it's, it's actually intellectually honest. I mean, if you want to stretch out this this legal bigotry and see it all the way through that that has to be next doesn't it well i i 
I, let me just say we're in part of using going back to the word that you started at the beginning. Um, I, I really can't assure your listeners um, that we aren't going into uncharted territory. I mean, that we're, we're always assured. I remember being on on air um, when I was poo pooed for saying that Roe was at risk um, at, around Kavanaugh's nomination. And here we are. Um, but what I can tell you is that this is a really small circle of people who are having an outsized impact on American society. Um, and it's at odds with where the majority of American people are. Um, in, in some cases, like what you just mentioned, in an unbelievably extreme way, I haven't heard them talk anything about that myself, but um, just in terms of Roe, uh, uh, gay marriage, um, you know, uh, contraception, um, you know, they're looking at trying to take away mifepristone now as well. Everything that we were told wasn't going to happen is happening. Um, and that's what makes it hard to believe that, um, there's not always somewhere new and scary that we could go. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing in the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Is this kind of conservative or, or network of conservative billionaires um, who are creating and funding these type of conservative legal ecosystems? Like we've always heard about a lot of these organizations that put forth uh, um, judicial nominees and candidates, or they they help you know think tanks that help provide information, et cetera. But this this ecosystem of billionaires is this a new concept, or is have, have they had influence or outsized influence? on the conservative jurists in particular for decades, and we just haven't been reporting on it, or is this a new concept? The way that it's become more kind of like a campaign style politics around the high court is newer. And again, I kind of bring the pressure point back to um, Citizens United. We've always had a problem with corporate influence in politics um, that, goes, that goes way back. That's why McCain-Feingold wanted to do campaign finance reform. Um, but the way that this has been kind of operationalized as kind of campaign style politics around the court, where you have a very small circle of individuals 
who are pooling anonymous money into different nonprofit organizations that serve as just kind of, as Sheldon Whitehouse would say, washing machines to uh, keep their their donations and their identities anonymous, um, and then funding campaigns to install conservative justices who support their agenda. And then step two, filing uh, briefs before those justices who also happen to be personal friends uh, with the individuals who are behind the briefs, who got them to the court in the first place. Um, and then issuing rulings that are favorable to the individuals who helped fund them getting on the court, I think is probably viewed by many as problematic. And the reason why I think a lot of journalists, it's not just me, are realizing that we do need to um, report on the court differently other than just here's the here's the decision that came down from the court today that we need to do the type of investigative journalism on conflicts of interest and influence just like we do for every other branch is ethics reform on the way no i mean who would, who would actually... unless roberts decides unless roberts decides that things have gotten so bad and that's what needs to happen because they do not have the votes. Ethics reform would need a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate. There were nowhere near that. But Roberts could any day decide that he has, you know, had enough that it's in the interest of the institution to do ethics reform um, for anybody who cares about the integrity of the institution, because you know most high courts outside of this country that function as full democracies like we aspire to have an accountability system for those high courts. We don't. And part of the reason we don't is because when someone recuses themselves, we don't replace them. So it fundamentally alters the outcome of, of cases or it can. Um, so there's just a lot of reasons why it makes it harder um, to get into that territory. Maybe he doesn't want to open the door to it, but these stories are not going away. This problem is not going away. Are there uh, a liberal equivalent to the Harlan Crows and Leonard Leos of the world? And if not, um, why do you think that is? Well, there's certainly the liberals, you know, think they've been late to the. Uh, late no, to when, are we, when are we going to join the corruption party here? Goodness gracious. There's room for everybody to well, corrupt. And we're letting one side do it. Yeah, you know, when I speak with Democrats about it, yeah, they, they will absolutely admit that they've tried to organize. They say it's in response to this. Um, and that they're trying to, and that the big difference is they're trying to expand rights, um, whereas the institutions that are organizing behind the billionaires on the conservative side are trying to take rights away. Uh, that is what the Democrats who I talk to say. They say that this is in response to um this ecosystem that was built up on the right. Um, and if you recall, uh, you know, again, just to underscore just how small this universe is, the person who was behind the campaign to get the IRS off the backs of these groups is Cleta Mitchell, who was now behind uh, a lot of the uh, bogus lawsuits uh, that were filed in uh, 2020. And um, you know, is, is, has become a major name in pushing election fraud um, accusations that are just just bogus. And so, again, a lot of these individuals are a very small group of conservatives who had outsized control um, for the past decade. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do, too. 
I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Let's talk about Trump indictments. I'm actually in New York City right now um, looking over at the Time Warner Center. We are on indictment watch. I guess it's indictment number three watch. Yes. Mm -hmm. Talk about Trump indictments. What are you expecting out of Georgia? Shout out to Fannie. And does any of this seem to be having an impact on the Republican presidential primaries? People know my view on this. I want to hear yours because I say no, doesn't matter. It's not going to matter in the sense that Trump has a clear line to the nomination. And I don't see yet another what would otherwise be devastated indictment having impact on his base. If anything, it just makes it worse for the GOP in the sense that the timing now looks like if he is um, found guilty, and I will just say, you know, for a federal indictment to come out, it is no small thing. These are serious charges, and they would not have been brought unless they have really, really compelling, hard proof and evidence that um, makes it likely. And um, I'm not going out on a limb here to say that the next GOP nominee for 2024 could be a convicted felon and that that would happen in between the end of the primary season, which is like end of May and that, but before the convention, which is in July. So, uh, you know, that, that overall is not good for the GOP because it doesn't give them an opportunity to try and alter the course of history here and, and not deliver a, a loss in the general election, because um, right now, you know, Biden is outraising them. Um, Democrats are still doing very well in special elections around the country, which we know is really a good barometer of, of where things are going. Um, yes, there are problems with uh, 
the numbers on the economy, um, people viewing inflation um, as something that is his fault when in fact it's really a global problem. But that said, this is this is not good for the GOP because I don't see how any one of them is in a position to dislodge Trump at this point. And people have no idea, but these Rico, uh, you know, Rico in Georgia is is not somebody you want to hang out with. I mean, all you got to do is ask Young Thug and YFN Lucci. Look, Rico has been utilized to sweep up large groups of individuals with just some tangible um, kind of undergirding criminal indictments. So I think there are a lot of people who are probably very nervous about Rico indictments in Georgia. Last couple of questions for you. And this is also kind of along the lines of the Supreme Court. But what for... It's driving me nuts. But for listeners, how do you explain no labels? What the hell is no labels? I get it. I hate it. I think it's like the most self-serving uh, lack of self-awareness type of political campaign or party. And then who is the money behind no labels? That's my like Supreme Court parallel question. Where are they getting money to actually launch some effort to run for president of the United States? Yeah, well, that is the big question right now that I tried to get at in recent reporting and uh, the money behind them. If you look at who their donors have been in the past, because we, they will not disclose them to us right now, have been, uh, you know, billionaire donors. And they've gone after a lot of Republican billionaire donors as well, like Peter Thiel. We know that Harlan Crow, who's, of course, uh, Clarence Thomas's. Uh, benefactor is is been a whale like one of the big donors behind no no labels so let me explain who they are in a nutshell this is a version of a third party without it actually being an official party it's a former um campaign manager for hillary clinton's wife uh, mark penn's wife nancy jacobson who's behind this and who has been trying to woo a number of republicans and democrats to form kind of a unity ticket but so far everybody i know that they've reached out to has kind of taken a pass they've looking at joe manchin now kind of like um flirting a bit with that idea but everybody i talked to who's close to joe manchin says no way in hell he would do this he knows that it would ruin his legacy because he just proved to be a spoiler based on their own numbers uh from what i've looked at the assumption is that they would actually take more from the democrat in a three-way race and so that's why democrats are so hot under the collar because they say this is clear based on their own figures that they're going to hurt the Democrat in a three-way race with Trump. According to no labels, they say, no, we're, we're just, we're break the glass option. Why wouldn't you want to have this option in case Biden is hobbled for some reason? He has a health problem, whatever. Um, when we get to super Tuesday, you know, we have this, we have this Are great even on the ballot in states though. Cause that's a hurdle. Oh, well, they're getting on the ballot in enough states to potentially cause trouble, but not ever to win. And that's why Democrats are so pissed off about it. Um, but they're not committing to getting out at this point, um, even though, like I said, their numbers point to hurting Biden. A recent Monmouth poll, however, found that it would be a wash. So once they get a nominee, once they start putting actual names to paper, they're going to have to uh, pony up and tell us who their donors are. And already when the polling put Manchin's name in there, um, along with Huntsman, the former Utah governor, Republican, their numbers just plummeted. They went down to like two or three percent support. So at some point, they're going to have to tell us who their candidates are and who their donors are. How can people follow you online and keep up with your reporting? Heidi reports on Twitter uh, and Heidi. No, ma'am. Ma'am, yeah. it's on X. 
Okay. We're no longer, it's no longer Twitter. I'm sorry. I didn't read the headlines this morning. Yes. Heidi reports on <laughs> X. I don't know if it's the X. Or X. I I'm on threads. I'm on post. Uh, who, who the heck knows what the next. Um, no, I, I listen. I, in about two years, I can see myself waning off of all of it. Yeah. I, it's a, it's, I think it's run its course, but anyway, Heidi, thank you so much for joining the Bukhari Sales Podcast. We'll have you back because it, ironically enough, we still are what, uh, 14 months away, 15 months away from the election for president of the United States. So we still have a long way to go in these very unprecedented times. So thank you for joining us today. That's fun.